You are listening to Press Church Podcast. Please enjoy this week's message. The title of my sermon today is Move Forward. Move Forward. We're going to start in Colossians chapter 1, verses 19. This is Paul writing to a Gentile church. And he says, For it pleased the Father that in Him all the fullness should dwell. Verse 20, And by Him, it pleased the Father that by Him He reconciled all things to Himself. That word reconcile right there means to reconcile completely. It means to reconcile back again. It means to bring back to a former state of harmony. That it pleased the Father that through Jesus He reconciled all things to Himself by Him. Whether things on earth or things in heaven. Look at this. Having made peace through the blood of his cross. Who did he make peace with? He made peace with everything on earth and he made peace with everything in heaven. Remember it tells us in the scriptures, I believe it's in Hebrews, that he went in to the holy of holies in heaven and he sprinkled his blood throughout heaven, making peace in heaven. And he sprinkled his blood here on the cross on earth, making peace with earth. Verse 21 says, and you, that's you, who were once alienated, in enemies in your mind. Oh, wow. Now more than ever, this scripture is something that we need to stand on because a lot of things can play out in our minds, especially in this time frame. All these scenarios, what if? What if I shake the wrong person's hand? What if I touch the wrong thing when I go to work or when I touch my car or when I go to the grocery store? What if this happens? What if that happens? There's this war that is happening and playing out in our mind. The spirit of fear is running rampant through this earth. But right now in Jesus' name, it's not running rampant in your family. It's not running rampant in your mind. It's not running rampant in your life because it says that you were once alienated in enemies. And it says that if you were were once that, that means that you are no longer that in your mind by wicked works. Look at this. Yet now he has reconciled. He has brought harmony back to your mind, back to your life, back to you, no longer being alienated or enemies from God. Amen. Verse 22. In the body of his flesh through death to present you Doesn't this sound similar to what we preached last week? Presents you holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight. Ephesians 5, 27 is a scripture that we talked about last week. This is a scripture that we talked about when we talked about remember who you are. That he might present her, the church, being you to himself, a glorious church. Not having a spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she, you, the church, should be holy and without blemish. Let's go back to verse 22 in Colossians chapter 1. Look at Paul reiterating that as he's talking to another church. In the body of his flesh through death, he's presenting you just to remind you that you're holy, that you're blameless, and you're above reproach in his sight. Paul has got this revelation about the church. Paul has got this revelation about the individual members of the church, including you. And he can't help but keep telling every church that he goes to that you're holy, that you're blameless, that you're above reproach, that you're without spot. You're without wrinkle. Remember who you are today. 
Don't forget who God sees you as today. And the scripture that we're going to stand on today, that we're going to talk about in moving forward, is verse 23. If indeed you continue in the faith, grounded and steadfast, and are not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you have heard, which was preached to every creature under heaven, of which I, Paul, became a minister. You see, we as Christians, if I'm being honest, we've been training for this moment all of our lives. We've come to church every Sunday, old school. We've had Sunday night services. We've had Wednesday night services. We've had small groups. We've had Bible studies. We've had prayer nights. We've had worship nights. We've had all these things where we've been taught over and over and over again to have faith in God, to believe the Word of God, to know who you are in Christ. We've been taught these things. We've been in this training ground. We've been in school over and over and over again our whole lives. And now, school has been canceled. Now, all of a sudden, we're out in the middle of something that we've never experienced before. And now is not the time to cower in fear. Now is not the time to wonder where God is. Now is time to take that training in every service that we've been a part of, of every pastor that's preached a sermon to us, and start moving in the gifts that God has given us. Christians have been taught and explained faith and peace and healing and prosperity and the oracles of God and the new covenant and salvation. Now... We are in a real opportunity to put to work all the knowledge and wisdom that we have accumulated over these years. And we are all at some level trying to figure out what's going to happen next. But look at what our general in the faith, the Apostle Paul, tells us in verse 23 again. He gives us our marching orders right now. If indeed you continue in the faith, the first point we're going to talk about is continue in the faith. The next thing he tells us to do is be grounded and steadfast, number two. And number three, he says, do not be moved away from the hope of the gospel which you have heard. Now, at the beginning of this scripture, I actually got kind of convicted. I actually had to got, got kind of checked in my spirit by the Apostle Paul because he insinuates and he kind of drops this sarcastic tone to me. He says, if indeed... As if I have an option to walk away from what God has done. If indeed you have the strength, if indeed you have the ability, if indeed you have continue in the faith. And as I read this over the weekend, I kind of took a step back and said, Paul, are you calling me out, asking me if I will continue in the faith? Are you trying to challenge me? I said, okay, well, if you're going to challenge me, I'm going to challenge the church. That now more than ever is not an if moment, it's a now moment to continue in the faith. It's not an if I'm going to stay grounded and steadfast, it's a now moment. Right now in this moment that's happening worldwide as the media is trying to figure out what to do, as the government is trying to figure out what to do, as all of these people who are in charge are trying to figure out what to do. Me right now knows that God is still on the throne. He's not shocked by what's going on. He hasn't fallen off the throne. He's not calling a community meeting with Jesus and the Holy Spirit and he's saying, all right, let's huddle together. Michael the archangel, get in here. Did y'all see this virus coming? 
I don't know what to do. This is crazy. I don't know what we can do. What are we going to tell the people? What are we? No, no, no. Now more than ever, it's time for the church to tap into what God can say and continue in the faith, church. Stay grounded and steadfast in the church faith and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel. We're going to start with continuing in the faith, as Paul tells us to do. Continue in the faith. In Acts chapter 14, Acts chapter 14, verses 21, is the story of Paul as he's traveling and he's preaching to these different churches. He's building these different churches. As the Gentile church is growing, he's going from city to city and he's building. He's going to uh, speak in the synagogues, talking with the Jews. As the Jews argue with him, he goes out to the Gentiles and he preaches Jesus and Christ crucified, buried, and rose again. And look at verse 21. And when they had preached the gospel to that city and made many disciples, they returned to Lystra, Iconium, and Antioch. Verse 22. And this is what they were doing. They were strengthening the souls of the disciples, exhorting them. What were they exhorting them to do? Look at verse 22. Continue in the faith. And how is he telling them to do that? And saying, we must, through many tribulations, enter the kingdom of God. Well, Paul, that's, that's not a real good way to start a church. You know how we're going to get to the kingdom of God? Are we going to get it on horseback and angels and, and parties and cakes? Oh, we're going to enter through many tribulations. But you know what? The reason that he's saying that is because look at the, verse, the first part of verse 22. He strengthened the souls of the disciples. He's exhorting them. He's strengthening them. He's telling them, hey, bad things are going to happen. It rains on the just and the unjust. Things happen in this world. The devil is still running rampant through this world trying to take down what God has done, but he's already been defeated. So you're going to go through. He's not saying you're going to stay in those tribulations. He didn't say you're going to die in those tribulations. He said what you're going to do is you're going to go through those tribulations. And what you're going to do on the other side of those tribulations is enter the kingdom of God. Continue in the, in the faith. Verse 23. So when they had appointed elders in every church and prayed with fasting, they commended them to the Lord in whom they had believed. Amen. Telling the church as he's going from church to church, continue in the faith. You're going to go through tribulations. Bad things are going to happen. Life is life. It rains on the just and the unjust. But when you come through that tribulation, praise God, we aren't going to step into another tribulation. We aren't going to be destined to hell. We aren't destined to fail. What we're stepping into on the other side of that tribulation is the kingdom of God. In Galatians chapter 2, verses 4 and 5, Paul is speaking to the church of Galatia, and he says, And this occurred because of false brethren secretly brought in, who came in by stealth to spy out our liberties, which we have in Christ Jesus, that they might bring us into bondage. Verse 5 says, To whom we did not yield submission even for an hour, Look at this right here, that the truth of the gospel, what can it do? Continue with you. You see, here in Galatians, the Jews were coming in to the church of Galatia and trying to get them to practice circumcision and, and different parts of the law that weren't applied to the church of the Gentiles, that, that weren't called, that Jesus didn't tell the apostle Paul to put on us. 
So Paul is bringing truth in the very early stages of his writing to the church of Galatia. And he's saying, these people, they snuck in and they were trying to confuse your faith. They were trying to confuse your gospel. They were bringing fear. They were bringing error. They were bringing things that you didn't know what to believe. Doesn't that sound like all the talking heads that we hear right now? That there's so many voices that are coming and speaking into our ears that it's causing fear, it's causing confusion in our mind, and I I don't know what to believe. I I don't know what the next step is. I don't know what to do. But in Hebrews 11, chapter 1, it says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. You might be sitting there and you might be struggling and figuring out if you can continue in the faith. So many things have gone wrong before the virus even happened. And now this virus has hit. What else can happen in 2020? But I want to tell you right now that in Hebrews 11.1, 1, it says right now your faith can be activated. Right now you might have been in fear. You might have questioned things. You might not trust God. You might not believe God. You might have questions for God. But it says right now you can step in and continue in the faith. In Colossians, I'm sorry, In Galatians chapter 2, verse 5, we'll visit that scripture again. Something that we can learn right now. To whom we did not yield submission even for an hour. I preached a sermon on this uh, probably the end of last year, this scripture right here. And I'm not going to submit to fear. I'm not going to submit to what the earth is telling me, what the media is trying to tell me. I'm not going to submit to those things even for an hour. Because I want the truth of the gospel to continue with me. I want to continue in the faith. I want to move forward in my life. I don't want to stay where I am. I don't want to get stagnant in my relationship with God. I don't want to get stagnant in my relationship with my family or with the church. I want to keep moving forward. Martin Luther King quoted saying this, If you can't fly, then run. If you can't run, then walk. If you can't walk, then crawl. But by all means, keep moving. I want to encourage you today to keep and continue in the faith. Keep moving forward in the Spirit. Do not give in to fear. Do not give in to failure. Do not give in to insecurities. Do not give in to sin. Do not give in to darkness anymore. Keep believing. Keep in the faith and believing that God is going to intervene in your situation today. The second part of first, I mean, I'm sorry, of Colossians 1.23. He says, if indeed you continue in the faith, grounded and steadfast. Number two, to move forward, stay grounded and steadfast. We're going to read Ephesians 6, a little bit of a lengthy passage, but we've heard this before. If you've been in Sunday school, if you've grown up in church as a kid, you know this set of scriptures where it talks about putting on the full armor of God. Let's start in verse 10. We're going to go down to verse 19. It says in the scriptures that faith comes by hearing and hearing through the word of God. So I'm just going to pump some scripture in you today so that you can continue in the faith. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. 
Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, verse 14 says, stand therefore. Now I want to stop right there for a second because when I was younger, I don't know if it was just my mind uh, of what I heard my pastor preach as I was younger, but I seem to always hear the pastors just preach the end of verse 13 and the beginning of verse 14. Having done all to stand, stand. And you know what? That's a good scripture to stand on. But every time I hear just those two parts, it puts a lot of pressure on me. That I'm out there and I'm standing and I'm fighting and I'm believing and then something comes against me and I've got to stand again. I've got to, I've got to keep doing this on my own. Having done all to stand, keep standing. Having done all to stand, well, I feel like I'm failing. I've got to keep standing because then I don't know what's going to happen. But we miss what this passage is talking about. Let's go back to verse 13. How can we stand and continue to stand and continue to stand and continue to stand? Well, it starts, if we could actually go back to verse 10. Finally, my brethren, this is how standing even begins. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Now let's jump down to verse 13. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. Now, how do I know that I can stand? I've taken on the full armor of God. I've seen His mercy and His grace. I've seen that I'm strong in the Lord, having done all to stand. Now, verse 14, now I can stand. That's how I can stand in this world. When everything's coming against me, I can't just stand on my own and keep standing on my own and keep standing on my own. I do that with the strength of the Lord, with the power of the Lord, putting on the full armor of God. And Paul instructs us here what that looks like, having girded your waist with truth. Now more than ever, we need truth. Now more than ever, we need to hear what the truth is. It says that through Moses came the law, but through Jesus came grace and truth. You want truth? Start reading that Bible. Get in that book and find out what Jesus, the truth, is telling you about your situation and about your future. Having put on the breastplate of righteousness. We've talked about this before, that he who knew no sin became sin so that you could now be called righteous. You're no longer a sinner. You are now fully righteous because of what Jesus has done when you believe on that. Verse 15 says, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, that everywhere I go, I have on my feet, I bring that gospel of peace, that I'm not going and I'm not messaging people, I'm not calling my friends and family, I'm not messaging people on social media, I'm not seeing people in the streets and conjuring up that spirit of fear that's running rampant right now through the earth. What I'm bringing with my feet is the gospel of peace everywhere I go, and I'm telling people it's going to be okay. God is on your side. God did not send this virus, and He will destroy this virus, that God is already working on your side, that if you believe on him today, if you trust in his gospel, if you trust in his son, Jesus, today, your life can forever be changed. Verse 16, above all, taking the shield of faith, which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked ones. We see in Colossians 1.23, why Paul is making the statement to continue in the faith. Why is it so important to continue in the faith? Because I got Tommy jumping today, uh, going back to Ephesians chapter verse 16, 6.16. 
I believe that, yeah. Um, he says, above all, above all the armor of God, I'm getting, his, I'm getting his finger working out today, clicking all over. Thanks, Tommy. He says, take the shield of faith. And why is it so important to continue in the faith and to have that shield of faith going in front of you? Because it's the only thing that will quench all of the fiery darts that the wicked one is trying to send your way. So that's why it's so important to continue in the faith. That's why it's so important that now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now it's so important that Tommy preached about faith a couple weeks ago to encourage us and remind us that when we have faith before us, it can quench all the fiery darts. Verse 17, and take the helmet of salvation. Salvation, sozo, complete and total salvation of your body, mind, spirit, everything. And you put that on your mind. Remember in Romans, it says to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And when I put that helmet of salvation on, I become steadfast. I become immovable because I know right now in my head, in my mind, that there is nothing that can come against me because I have been saved by the one and only who can save me and nothing else can come and take me away from that. And finally, we see in the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Get that Word inside of you. Verse 18. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. Now more than ever is it time to walk in the Spirit. Not walking in the flesh, but walking in the Spirit. What does the Spirit have to say for us? Being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. That we be grounded and steadfast. How do you move forward? How do we get past all this moving forward? Being grounded and steadfast. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 2. Jumping back from Ephesians 6 to Ephesians chapter 2, Paul is writing to the church of Ephesus, starting in verse 19. He says, Now, therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and the members of the household of God. Right now, you are no longer strangers, you are no longer foreigners your fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Verse 20 says, having built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, look at this, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, verse 21, in whom the whole building being fitted together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In verse 22, in whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. Look at that. When we build ourselves, when we place ourselves on the chief cornerstone, on Jesus himself, it says that we are being built together for a dwelling place, that he is putting us together. And when we anchor ourselves down to that chief cornerstone, we become immovable. We become steadfast, we don't waver, we don't question, we don't wonder, is God going to do this? Is God going to show up? No, we just keep walking. We just keep moving forward and knowing that we're going to walk through tribulation and we're going to see the kingdom of God on the other side. Now, I'm a big sports fan. I'm, I'm, I'm missing my sports, just like a lot of you are as well. You know, we're, they've got all these old games showing, and uh, it's great to watch the old games of glory days, uh, but it's nothing like a live game that's happening. And for all of those who are wishing and wanting their sports back, you want it back because you want to watch your team. 
You want to watch your favorite team, the team you've grown up in, the, the team that you've watched and cheered for and loved and encouraged. But what if I asked you today, if you would do me a favor, if as soon as sports comes back, would you make the decision to start cheering for your rival team? Now, I can see the look on your face even through the camera. I can see the disgust, the idea, the audacity that my pastor would ask me to cheer for that team. How dare you? I might have even woken some of y'all up that the audacity that my pastor would ask me to cheer for another team. When I've stayed so true and so honest to these other teams, when I was younger in the NBA, I was a big Utah Jazz fan. I love Carl Malone, and I love John Stockton. I love John Stockton because he was just this little, tiny white guy. He was about my height, six foot, and he played like a dog. I mean, he would run through picks. He would set picks. I mean, he was just uh, tenacious. And then at the end of the day, he could just drop it off to Carl Malone, who was from Louisiana, and uh, could just dunk on anybody. And I loved him to death as a kid. Cheered for him. Mom and dad, we actually got to go to a game. We went to, they played the Houston Rockets uh, when we were younger. And every year, it seemed like they would get to the finals. They only got to the finals two years, but they came against the Chicago Bulls. And as good as Michael Jordan was, I hated the Chicago Bulls because they broke my heart two years in a row. I watched my Utah Jazz get to the finals. I was so excited. I love Carl Malone. I love John Stockton. Greg Ostertag was the center. And, uh, Russell was uh, one of the wingmen. And Hornacek was shooting those threes. And it was just a beautiful team. And if you would have asked me when I was in middle school to cheer on the Chicago Bulls, I don't know what I would have done, but it wouldn't have been pretty because I was so steadfast. I was so immovable in trusting my team. I had watched them fight over and over again, and I saw them win. I'm asking you today, you need to be grounded and steadfast in God's kingdom just as you're grounded and steadfast in cheering for your team, your favorite team. You're not going to go and cheer on the rival. You're not going to go and cheer for them. You're going to stay true because you've had experiences, you've had relationships, you've had encounters with your favorite team. And the same is true with God. God has not failed you yet. He has shown up time and time again. Do not be moved by what's going on around you, but be steadfast and grounded in the chief cornerstone of who Jesus is. If He saved you once... He'll save you again. If he healed you once, he'll heal you again. If he's prospered you in any capacity in your life, he'll prosper you again. Stay grounded and steadfast and keep moving forward in your life in Jesus' name. And finally, in Colossians chapter 1, verse 23, Paul tells us if indeed you continue in the faith and you're grounded and you're steadfast, he tells us, do not be moved away from the hope of the gospel which you have heard, which was preached to every creature under heaven, which Paul became a minister. The last part is do not be moved away from the hope of the gospel. In Galatians chapter 1, verses 6 through 7, Paul is making this statement to the church of Galatia at the very beginning. Look, this is the first chapter, and he's only six verses in. He says, I marvel that you are turning away so soon from Him who called you in the grace of Christ to a different gospel. Look at verse 7. 
which is not another, but there are some who troubled you and want to pervert the gospel of Christ. Let's go back to verse 6. Look at Paul. As a minister, as a pastor, he's stepping back and he's looking at the church and he's saying, I'm marveling that just because this situation has happened, just because this person has said this, just because this has gone on in your world, that you're turning away so soon from him. You just walked away from the gospel. Somebody else brought you a perverted gospel and told you who God was, but if we look in the scriptures, that, that's not who God was. I told you early on, I firmly believe that God is not sending this virus to teach America a lesson. I've got plenty of scripture to back that up. I marvel that people are just freaking out like we haven't been in church our whole life, that we haven't been told about the goodness of God, that we haven't been told about the gospel and what Jesus paid for us, that because of what's happening in this world, we've just walked away. We've just given in to fear. And our general in the faith today is charging us and encouraging us, and me as your pastor is encouraging you. Do not be moved away from the hope of the gospel. Look at Colossians chapter 1, verses 27 and 28. And I'm almost done. I'm finishing up. Colossians chapter 1, verses 27 says, To them God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles. To them, God willed it. It was God's will to make what's known. So if you have questions about your future, if you have questions about what's happening, if you have questions, it says in the scriptures that it's God's will to make those things known to you and the Gentiles. The riches of his glory of this mystery among the Gentiles. And here's that mystery that he revealed to us. That it's Christ in you. What the hope of glory. Verse 28 in Him we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. Do not be moved away from the hope of the gospel. If I have gone throughout my life, I've grown up in church. You've heard my story before. I got saved the day before I turned four. Every time the church doors were open, we were there. We served in multiple capacities helped with different churches, and I look back over my life, and I can honestly see God's glory in His gospel, and me having hope in that gospel increase as I get older, because I know what He's done in the past for me. I remember times when He's healed me. I remember times in the quiet, secret places where He's talked to me, where He's touched my heart and He's touched my soul like never before. When I was alone, when I was insecure, when I was struggling, I remember that it wasn't anybody else that was around, but it was God who was there. And because of those moments in my life, when I come up against something that is so daunting, so terrifying, and can cause me to waver, I look back at the times of when He showed up for me. I look back and I think, He's answered me then, He'll answer me again. So I'm not going to be moved away from the hope of His gospel. That word hope there is, is telling us of a, a, a joyful future. We think of hope, and I've talked about this before, we think of hope as in fingers crossed, you know, the, the little boy and girl at Christmas time 
well, I hope I get the new dial. I, I hope I get the, vi the new video game, the new basketball. And we don't know if it's really going to happen. That's not the type of hope that they're talking about in the New Testament. This type of hope is a joyous expectation that good things are coming. That I already know and I'm hoping to see that, yes, there might be darkness all around me. But it says in the scriptures that I am the light of this earth and I'm going to push back that darkness everywhere I go. Do not be moved away from the hope of his gospel. As I finish, I want to remind you to move forward today. Move forward in your walk with God. Move forward in what he's done for you and what he's going to do for us, for this church for this area, for this region. Continue in the faith. Be grounded and steadfast and do not be moved away from the hope of the gospel. I want to remind you today why we're called Press Church. The reason that we're called Press Church is this scripture right here, Philippians 3, 13 and 14. Brethren, I do not count myself to apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind. And reaching forward to those things which are ahead. Verse 14, here it is. This is why we're called Press Church. We press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. That right now in this moment at 11 o'clock on March 29th, 2020, I don't know what's happened in your past I don't know what happened this morning. I don't know what happened this weekend. I don't know what happened this month. I don't know what happened your entire life. But I encourage you today to release those things. Yes, God moved way back when. God moved in the 80s. And it was awesome. I got saved back then. And God moved in the 90s. And we saw the church blessed and moving. And there were encounters that I had with God in, in the early 2000s in high school. And, in, and, and then as we went into the, the 2010s, I encountered God in a brand new way. And now I'm in 2020. And I'm so thankful for all of those experiences. But I want to move forward and I want to reach for something that I've never experienced before. I want to press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call. I want to encourage you during this time and remind you of who you are. You are the church. You're holy and you're blameless and you're spotless and you're without wrinkle. And we are called to do that. Right now, we can't be together. There's this social distancing. They want you to, we, we want to be in the church and we want to encourage each other. But they've told us stay apart from each other. But now more than ever is it time to have these woman by the well encounters. We can't bring people to church, but we can share this message everywhere we go out, whether we're in the world, whether we're with our family, whether we're talking to someone, we can have these woman at the well encounters. We can have these Zacchaeus moments. We can have these moments where we be the church and we go out and we share this message. And we can't share this message if we're internally scared and fearful and wondering who we are and does God care? Is God going to show up? Is God this? Is God that? No, no, no. We've got to continue in the faith. We've got to be steadfast and grounded in what the chief cornerstone has told us who he is. And we can't be moved away from the hope of his gospel that he's going to change this thing. He's going to turn this thing around. Yes, he didn't cause it, but he can cause all things and all good to happen to those who love God and are called according to his purposes. Move forward today. Advance the gospel Listen to your general in the faith. Listen to your pastor today. Move forward. 
Advance the gospel. Shine the light to destroy the darkness. And now is the time for Christians to show the power of Jesus and his gospel to the world more than ever. This is who you are. We are excited for what's on the other side of this. We might be walking in tribulation right now, but praise God, we're walking through tribulation. And on the other side is the glory <coughs> is the glory of God. So let me pray for you today. I'll let you check out another service that's about to start. I know that there is churches all over the place having services, and 11 o'clock is just around the corner. So get you another round of uh, services. Um, I'm going to go home and tune in to my pastor in Dallas, Texas. Their service is starting now. I'm going to go get fed by the Word of God. So Father, we thank you today. We thank you for your Word. We thank you that your word is immovable. We thank you that your word is settled in heaven. We thank you that your word is sharper than a two-edged sword. We thank you that your word will not return void, Father. And we've read your word today. And we have seen that you have called us to move forward in our lives. To not stay stagnant. To not get caught up in our surroundings right now. But to lean and trust into you. So Father, help us. Holy Spirit, teach us. Holy Spirit, be our guide and our comforter today and through this week and show us how to continue in the faith. Show us how to be steadfast and immovable in the chief cornerstone so that we can build our entire lives on who Jesus is and what Jesus has done. So that we can remember who Jesus is is and what he did for us in this new covenant, and we can remember who our identity is when we tap in to the gospel. And Father, help us to not be moved by the earth, not to be moved by fear, not to be moved by the devil, not to be moved by sin, the media, by anything else that's out there, that we will not be moved away from the hope of the gospel, that we know that good things are coming in our lives, that we know good things are coming in our families' lives, in our household, in our finances, in every aspect of our lives, that you are on our side and God is on our side, then what can any man do to us? In Psalms, that scripture ends with, I will not fear. I make the choice today to not fear. Father, bless your people today. Protect your people today. Cause them to prosper in everything they do this week, Father. Keep them in their family safe, Father. I thank you that healing is abounding in their lives and in their families' lives. Father, I thank you that you are moving us forward into a new season that we've never experienced before, that we can look back and say, look what God has done. So, Father, bless your people, protect them, and bring them back safely next week as we do this live stream again. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Let the peace of God, the joy of God be with you everywhere you go, and we will see you next Sunday. Same live stream, same Facebook channel. God bless you. Take care. Thank you for listening to Press Church Podcast. If you would like more information about us or are interested in giving to our ministry, you can click the link in our bio or visit presschurch.org. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Press Church SC and have a great week.